0: Well, praise God. Praise God. It's been a wonderful week for us. And uh, we're enjoying every moment that we're here. Put things in proper order, right? And that's the way we should have the proper order. Uh, don't forget, we have a business meeting tonight or today, this morning, uh, right after service. So if you can, be here and be with us and find out what's going on here and be a part. Amen. It's your turn to voice and uh, ask, and uh, if you have questions, so be sure and stay. Also, we need helpers uh, for the food bank. Uh, Pastor and I are going to take Thursday mornings. Uh, we're going to be Oh, yeah, you can come any time, any day. But we're taking Thursday, yeah, because, uh, well, and we've decided that we're going to come and pray on Thursday morning. So we're also, we'll do that. So anybody else wants to take a day, let me know or Susan <laughs> know or, pardon? Yeah, sign up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, did everybody get that? Okay, there was paper back there for you to sign up in. I think that's a big help. We need to do it and help her out. She, she has to work and has a family, so uh, you can't you know't put too many irons in in the pot. something doesn't get. It. amen. So also remember um, this Wednesday at seven o'clock, uh, we start out with prayer at 6:30 and sister April. Uh, leads that, and does a wonderful job. It's a good time to get your mind into the next part of the service at 7 o'clock with pastor uh, doing a wonderful teaching on the authority of the believer and uh, finding out really who you are in Christ. Amen. And uh, also, don't forget that next Sunday is going to be our uh, offering for the church at Emporia. So be sure to pray up this week about, uh, if God hasn't already spoke to you, about what you want to give for uh, your offering there at the church. And it'll be a blessing. It'll come back to you because you've put bread out on the water. When you put bread out on the water, it'll come back to you. Amen. So we're helping out another church. We never know. I mean, next week this church could have an issue, and we would need help. And and that's one thing about the Church of God of Prophecy. They're very helpful with each other, and they're a family. And we, we love that part of Kogop. Amen. Amen. So I don't know if I've uh, forgotten anything. Is today, the tithes and offerings go to the bus ministry. Is this right? Right before Sunday? Somebody talk to me. Okay. Thank you. Nod heads, do something. <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. And we also have a visitor this morning. His name is James. He came last night, stopped in, or the men were having their um, meeting last night, and joined them, and had... a uh, broke bread together. Amen. So we're glad that he came. Be sure that you go over and speak to him, please. One time many, many, many years ago I was in church. I went by myself and God, I wonder sometimes how I did that. I went to church by myself without Arnold or the kids. I, I don't know. But I went to this church and I walked in and sat down and I sat in the back and everybody turned and looked at me but nobody came and offered their hand of welcome. And I thought to myself, I will never let that happen. No matter what it is or who it is, you have to make them feel, well, I didn't go back to that church, you know, because I thought, oh, well, you know, if they don't care, if I don't care, I don't know. But uh, it, it taught me a lesson, and I was glad of it, you know. So, praise God. Be sure you always greet each other with love and a handshake or a hug, you know, because... Everybody needs that in this day and time. They need it. You don't know what they're going through. And they need that smile and that hug. Or, and just take the time to do that. Amen? Have I given everybody what we need? Okay, all right, good. Let's, pardon? Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. All right. Let's go to Isaiah. Let's go to 43. 43. I was touched over this. Uh, it's always been a special uh, scripture for me, and uh, I hope it'll be for you, because I've I've been in dry places. Amen. This, verse 18 says, "Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing; now it came, now it shall come, now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and the rivers in the desert. And the beasts of the fields shall honor me." and the dragons and the fowls, because I give waters into the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself, and they shall show forth my praises. Amen, amen. Praise God. Let's stand. Amen. Yes, hallelujah. Glory, glory. Raise our hands towards heaven. Father God, we come into your courts and into your gates with thanksgiving and praise. We thank you, Lord, that you're in the house.
1: Rose of the dead. He rose the dead, didn't he? His name was Lazarus. Been dead for three days. The disciples said, "Jesus, you don't want to go over there where he at? He stinks. Come on now." I preached a message many years ago, and it was called "Don't Let the Stink Stop You." Come on, I may have to preach it here because there's a lot of times when something smells. We don't go, want to go around it. There's not one time in my life when I was ever out on the highway and I drove past a skunk that stinks that I ever went back. But in the world we live in, life is full of things that don't smell good. Things that may be happening in your own life even this morning. But we can't allow that to stop us. Aren't you glad that Jesus did not let the stench of death prevent him from visiting the tomb of Lazarus? Jesus got there, he said, loose him. (laughs) Loose him and let him go. Glory to God, what a word. One word, a voice from God. One word from God will change your life today. And when you leave here today, you'll be a different man and a different woman if you'll listen. Amen. The voice of God. Well, praise God. so wonderful to be here this morning. Uh, If you're a guest, we're so glad that you're with us today. Brother James, thank you for visiting us, being with us last night. Had some great chili that Everett made, and I'm telling you, it was really good. So we just had a good time. What a great lesson uh, Brother Everett taught last night, if you men aren't coming to these meetings, you need to start coming. Or bring a friend. How many of you have neighbors? Maybe he'd like to come with you the next time you have a meeting here, a men's meeting. So let's reach out a little bit more and maybe ask some of those uh, neighbors. Ask our friends at work. Hey, we're having a men's meeting. Uh, so and such date, we want you to come, be be a part of it. going to have something to eat, going to fellowship, and uh, have some word... Ladies, did you know at these meetings that the men solve every problem in the world? We don't know what, we don't know what the problem is. It's just that nobody will listen. <laughs> so, so we're so thankful for you this morning for being here, and uh, we're so appreciative of all that you have do. Before we get into the word this morning, Uh, I want Steve to put that uh, uh, slide up on the screen if he could, please. Hallelujah. What did I say? Steve. Who is Steve? Oh, this is Steve. I'm glad that song said there was parts in there that my weaknesses will show up. (laughs) I'm one of them. (laughs) I tell you, without God in my life, I'd be a mess. (laughs) And my wife. Praise God. But how many of you know today uh, culminates our 22 days of prayer that uh, Kogop has had us in, and, and we're so glad. But I wanted you to look at this. This is what we've been doing this week. Can you imagine? And I, now, this is just in, in Kogop. But can you imagine if all believers everywhere would come in agreement with prayer, how powerful that would be. And you're, you're saying, uh, well, uh, that would be a miracle. It would. <laughs> Sometimes it's tough to get people to get into agreement. Amen? But this has been our prayer push from uh, January until today. The North American Church of God prayer push in North America. And we're so thankful that we were a part of that. We've been doing that. Uh, Every Wednesday, we've been bringing it up in prayer. We've been mentioning some things. You've been praying about different things, I'm sure, at your home during the week. It wasn't just uh, on Wednesday prayer when we came here. But they encouraged us to pray every day. And some of the things that they talked about here... And we're going to go over these here just briefly here. One of those things that we should have been praying about, and if you didn't know, uh, it's probably my fault because I failed to instruct you to go on the website and find this right here where it talked about the North America's prayer push, Sunday, January 22nd. But one of the first things it mentions up there that may be kind of hard for you to read, it says that we need to pray the anointing that would reach the objectives uh, that God wants to have done in our lives. In other words, we need to pray for an anointing. How I many you know without an anointing, there's not much there? Because it's the anointing that makes the difference. It's the anointing that makes the difference. We need to pray that there's an anointing to reach the unreachable in our communities with the message of Jesus. Amen? You need to write that down or get a copy of this and take that home. Because just because we... we Conclude our prayer push today doesn't mean that you should stop praying on these issues right now because they're, they're relevant to the time that we live in. But what do we need to continue praying about? The anointing to reach the unreachable in our communities with a message of Jesus. The second thing they mention up there is that our prayer should be directed to the ministry, to the physical, emotional, social, and spiritual needs of our communities. How many of you believe our communities need help? They need God in their life. They need people like you who are going to be real to them. People like you who are going to be honest to them. People like you who are going to live real lives in front of them. Is there anyone in here who's never made a mistake? No. If you watch me long enough, you'll see me make a lot of them. But I'm human, everybody's human. But thank God we got a creator on the inside of us in here, and his name is Jesus. And the third thing they wanted us to direct our prayers for was divine healing for the sick in our congregations and church planters and church planting in North America. And they also, also stressed this in our meeting that we need to pray that new ministers would be accepting the call in their life. To the gospel of Jesus Christ, we need to believe in young blood, new men, new women, with a heart to serve and with a heart to give their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say Amen? So we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna join here just for a moment, and we're, I'm gonna just leave us in a prayer here for these things right here, and if you'll just get in agreement with me. As well as, as well as maybe something else you need to pray for. Amen. Uh, Lisa's going to play something there as we pray, uh, just something softly there. But, Father, we thank you for the anointing to reach the unreachable in our communities with the message of Jesus. Father, we pray that and we believe that it's the anointing that's going to make all the difference in the world. Thank you, Father. We don't have to pray that your word would be anointed, but we do need to pray that those that we witness to that the anointing of the word of God would fall upon their ears and that they would hear and accept Jesus as a personal savior father we pray that the uh, 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 that we minister to the physical and the emotional and social and spiritual needs of our communities. There's so much hurt out there. There's so many physical problems. There's so many emotional needs. There's, There's so many things going on in the society that we live in and so many spiritual needs that we need to pray for, for our community. We need to make this personal. We need to make it personal in our lives. Father, we thank you for divine healing, healing that comes from you. Healing that comes from the healer himself, this man called Jesus. We thank you, Father, for divine healing for the sick right here in our own congregation. And We thank you, Father, that they can come without hesitation, knowing that there will always be a healer in the house. We pray for church planters, those who are bold enough to go out and plant churches, those that are bold enough to go out, and plant the sign of Jesus in communities that need to have a Jesus-loving church. And we need to thank you, Father, that all these church plantings in North America would be guided by you, that your hand would be upon them. And, Father, we certainly pray now for those who may be contemplating the ministry. Lord, we know that it takes more than a thought. It takes more than a want-to. It takes a call from you to send someone and call someone into the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. But they're out there. I said they're out there. I speak to the north, the south, the east, and the west. I speak to men and women right now who are contemplating, thinking about the call of God on their lives. And we're believing that they would answer that call with an assurance of knowing that Jesus is the one making the call. Father, as a whole, as a body this morning, hope through grace fellowship, we come to you in earnest prayer, believing what we are praying. And I'm so thankful, Father, that things are going to begin to happen because we're beginning to pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can you say amen, amen, amen. I, uh, I, uh, Could you just keep doing that, Lisa? I tell you that uh, to me. You know, the Bible talks about when David was in the Bible and maybe he was going through things. And there's all things, we all do things that will bring comfort to us when we're going through crisis or going through troubles. David, King David, was no different. And you know what he did, Lisa? He said, Send me a minstrel. (laughs) And And the minstrel began to play. And the minstrel began to worship to the Lord. And the anointing fell. What an opportunity we have to allow his presence with us this morning in this service. And I so appreciate that. That when we can walk into that anointing and when we can walk into his presence and know for myself and not another that Jesus is always going to be there. Can you say amen? Glory to God. I want to read something here. Um, It's over here in, uh, let me get over there. I I didn't plan to read this, but... uh, you ever just felt like you needed to read something, and, and you just need, needed to read it, um, Harold? If you will go to Isaiah chapter fifty-three, every one of us in here have an opportunity to believe. Oh, Harold's not back there. Sarah's back there. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Sarah, could you go to Isaiah 53? We all have the capacity in here this morning to believe or to not believe something. Is that correct? You have the capacity when you read something to believe it or not believe it. I just wanted to read this to you this morning. And we we may have some people that want to come up and and have, have prayer. And if that's you, that's fine. We don't always have to do the same every day. But if that's you, I want you to just come up front while I read this. Just stand right here in front and just face me. Isaiah 53 says this. It says, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord Revealed. You know folks We have an opportunity To believe This report I know Psalms 107 verse 20 says He sent his word and his word did what? His word healed them Well we have an opportunity to believe that Or not to believe that Regardless Of what the doctors may say The doctors can give you the facts of the diagnosis that they may give you. He can just give you the facts. But the truth of the matter is his word, I believe, is greater than the facts that you may have been told. So whose report or who hath believed our report. And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Well, for it to work for you, it has to be revealed to you. And when that word is revealed, that's when you can receive. That's when you can receive. Anyone else need prayer this morning? Our uh, she, The sister told me this morning she got some some news that wasn't good news. You know, we don't always get good news. Sometimes it's bad news. But you know what? You you shouldn't be moved by that news. You should be moved by what the Word of God says about that news and what He can do to help you. Can you say amen on that? Do you believe that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you'd like to come and help us pray for our sister this morning, then uh, we want you to do that. Just just turn around this way. There you go. Y'all are getting used to me. I pray for people this way. Anyone else? You're just coming up to pray for her, right? Yes, sir. Coming up to pray for her. Coming up to pray for her. Amen. Now, what, what did the doctor tell you? Look at me and tell me what the report said.
0: Well, the doctor didn't tell me. I got a
1: letter in the mail. Okay, what the letter tell you? And
0: it tell me that they found um, a
1: tissue. Uh-huh. Where at? So- on, on your breast, Barb, come up here. Hallelujah. Well, my wife is going to uh, you show her where they said that was at. You show Barb where that was at. Where? Which? Where at? On here? Which one? All through okay, there. Okay. Fine. Now, what we're going to do as a body of believers, we're going to agree on what the Word says. I believe the Word said He sent His Word, and what did His Word do? Healed them, delivered them, made them whole. It also tells us that in First Peter two twenty four By his stripes we were. Is were past tense? Yes, it is. By his stripes. I said by his stripes. So as believers, we have a right to lay hands on the afflicted. Based on the report we believe. Not the report that she was given. Can you all agree with that? Can you all understand what I'm getting ready to do here? Well, Father, right now, we pray healing over my sister. And we thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. that goes into my sister right in this whole area right here. Whatever it is, a spot, uh, 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 whatever it is they said was there, we speak to you and tell you to be gone, in the name of Jesus. We call this sister well. We look to Jesus as the healer. And we thank you, Father. We do that in faith. I'm not the healer. None of these people up here is the healer. Jesus is the healer. But we can agree with her in Jesus' name that that's gone, that it's no more, that it will not harm her. Fear will not come in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Praise God. Look at me. Say, thank you, Jesus. I believe Jesus is my healer. I believe he has touched me. Say that. Say, I believe he's touched me.
0: I believe touched
1: me. Today. Thank God for the anointing. Thank God anointing. Jesus is my healer.
0: Amen, amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Praise God. Thank you. You can be seated. Anybody else? Come on up
2: here.
1: Okay, what are you up here for? Okay, your back and skin cancer is a particular place where the skin cancer is. Barb, put your hand up there. Sarah, put your hand over there where Barb's hand is. We're going to curse it right here where the skin cancer is. Verse 30, chapter 39, verse 23 says, The keeper of the prison looked not to say anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him, and that which he did, the Lord... those of us who have trusted God and have been faithful in giving, we see again and again God's blessings in our lives. Can you say amen? But there is more to this story than just being blessed ourselves. Abraham was told that he would be blessed and would be a blessing to others. Everybody say others. But when we give, we're truly... To do so, how many of you believe it can hinder our relationship with God when we don't pray? I believe he always says with a smile and a hug, where have you been? I've missed you. (laughs) Glory to God. So we need to keep that communication open as we pray to God. Pray every day. Talk to him every day. Just talk to him uh, when you get up, uh, during the day, when you're working or whatever. Can you say amen? But failure, but failure to bring power to the powerhouse is failure to drain the power from the power source. Amen. Which is, to me, the local church. The local church should be the powerhouse, or the, the prayer should be our main focus in the local church. In Matthew chapter 11, Matthew chapter 11, let's look at this together, if we can get this up on the, on the screen. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 I believe I uh, I believe I quoted this uh, Wednesday, but look at this. God is telling us this. Amen. He's saying, "Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and what? I will give you rest." Where's the Where's the best place for you and I to to get rest? No, it's not the couch. Not the bed. Amen. We're talking about a a physical rest when it comes to the couch and the bed and all those other kind of things. But how do you know when you're tired? A lot of times when we're tired, we're going to the wrong source. We'll take a pill. We'll take a a nightcap or take whatever that rest would come. But what does this say? I believe the word is greater than what it is you're going through. Come unto me. He said, come to me. If you want to rest in your spirit man, come to me. If you need to unload some things. Folks, don't worry about you unloading on Jesus every day. He can handle millions and millions of people at the same time. Come to him. Don't stay away. Oh, I don't want to bother God. You better. Oh, I don't want to bother him. He said, you better. Come on, go to him. What did he say? He said, come to me. We used to tell our kids that when they were little. Come here, come here, come here. What what was I doing as their father? Come here, let me give you some rest. Let me give you a hug. Let me give you some love. That's what he does. Come unto me, all you that labor are heavy laden, and I, what? Maybe I'll give you some rest. Maybe I might. I don't know. It depends on how I'm feeling today. Man, aren't you glad to know that God doesn't go by feelings. His feelings. You know. He'll never come to me and say, well, you know, I I can't bother with you today. I'm kind of tired. But we do to Him when we fail to go to Him with our every need. He cares about your every need. He cares about everything in your life. No matter how small you may think it is, God cares, glory to God. Go on to the next one there, verse 29. He said, take my yoke, that word yoke, Uh, In in an old train, you know what a yoke is? It would put uh, cattle together. It would make them close. So he's saying, take my word, take my anointing, and I'll bring you close to me. (laughs) Glory to God. Isn't that good? Take that yoke on you. Take that anointing. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. How are we going to learn of him unless we get into his word? Folks, let me tell you something. It's not good enough for you to just come in here and hear me on Sunday and Wednesday and don't go home and read your Bible. It's not going to benefit you much. What I'm helping you with on Sunday is going to help you, and hopefully uh, uh, it'll take you through a few days, but you need to take what we hear from his word and apply it to ourselves. You be a worker of what the word of God says. Amen? Amen? Glory to God, take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I'm meek. Didn't say he was weak, said he was meek. (laughs) He said, for I am meek and lowly at heart. Whatever you're doing, whatever you've been through, whatever it looks like in your life, I'm going to accept you in. I'm going to bring you in. And you shall find rest in your soul. Isn't it good to know there is a place of rest for the spirit man? Sometimes when the anointing falls on us, we think that there's just nothing that we can't do. But I want to differ with you. When that anointing drops, you're just you. And then we need to realize who we are in Christ. Amen? But look here in Job 42.10 is where I got this from. And we'll we'll conclude this verse a little later. But Job 42.10, and the Lord, everybody say the Lord. Turned the captivity of Job. In other words, the Lord turned around the life that Job was in. He turned it around. There are some things in your life that you need God to turn around. It may be hard. It may look like you don't know if there's ever going to be an answer. Is God ever going to answer my prayer? Is God ever going to show up? Well, in the book of Job, it starts in the land of Uz, where we discover a godly man whose faith is blessed of God with spiritual, physical, and financial blessings, with an ideal family, had seven sons and three daughters. Man, it looked like things were going wonderful. Seven sons. I told Barb when we first got married, we had already had two girls and after she had the second girl, I may have said it to her right in the visiting room after she, after she had our daughter. I said, honey, I just want to make this easy on you. We're going to keep trying till we have at least one boy. So I said, make it easy on yourself. But you know what happened? We had a boy the next time. And I said, man, I would love to have two or three boys. And she said, no, you just said one more. <laughs> so so we have a beautiful family of two girls and one boy. but if you're from a big family i'm from am from a family of uh, i 'm the smallest of nine i'm the youngest of nine, so we're back back then they had a uh, they believed in large families so and i I have five brothers, and it's wonderful but job God had just blessed him with seven sons and three daughters. And things were just going very well. But next we see in heaven where that devil appears to God, accusing Job of serving God only because of his goodness to him, in blessing him with all the good things that he had. But the devil casted doubt upon Job's motives in serving God. Adversary ever come to you like that? (laughs) Ever try to bring doubt into your mind? Things are going good, and here comes the devil. Come on now, here comes the devil. Folks, it's not wrong to have things, but it is wrong for things to have you. Amen. Hallelujah. God's confidence, listen to this God's confidence in Job allowed Satan to take everything he had except his life. Y'all know the story of Job. Yeah. But next, we see how his family is ruined sweeping away Job's Job's prosperity and putting affliction upon his body so severe that he is left alone to wonder what happened to him and what he has done to deserve it. Even Job's friends turned against him. Isn't that sad? Having friends that close to you who loved you when you had it, but when you lost it, they wondered, what did you do? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. What did you do? <laughs> if ever we have proof of Satan's plan to destroy us, look here at John 10.10. 10. John 10.10. 10. Hallelujah. Very familiar scripture. We know what the thief come to do. We could quote that to you, but I want you to look at it. John 10.10. 10. Look here. The thief. Everybody say the thief. The thief. Who's the thief out there? It's Satan is. It's the thief that what? Cometh to do what? But for the what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Look at it again. What did the thief come to do? You need to realize when things begin to happen in your house, it was not God. God is not trying to teach you a lesson causing calamity to come to your home. God is not the problem. The thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and to destroy. Listen to Jesus. What did Jesus do? He said, I come that you might have what? Life. That you might have goodness. That you might live that you would prosper, that you would do well with your family. Amen. There are families estranged from each other now because of what Satan has done and put in between them. Come on now. Don't you quit praying for your family. Don't you quit praying for your sons and your daughters and your grandsons and granddaughters. Don't you quit praying for each other. Don't you quit praying for people who aren't coming to this church because they got upset about something. Pray for them. Don't get mad. I said, pray for him, because your unforgiveness could cause your prayers to be hindered. The thief come not but to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I'm come that you, what, may have life, and that you might, what? Everybody say more. Everybody say more. How many of you know it's okay to have a little bit of change to jingle in your pocket? I remember way back years ago when we were in a Will Baptist church back there and there was this old preacher back then. You remember his name? He he was just a really old old boy. His name was Boyd. And, and uh, he would get up to preach. And he would he would he would he would get up and he'd say I love all of you. Man, what a good thing to start with. I love all of you. Amen. Then he, he'd kind of walk out from the pulpit, and he had this big pocket full of change, and he'd start doing this. That change would just start rattling. That change would, I mean, he had a pocket full, and he'd just keep preaching about the goodness of God, and it seemed like the harder he preached, the more he would shake that change that <laughs> change in his pocket. But all I tell you, how many of you know it's okay to have a little extra? It's okay to have a little bit extra. Glory to God. Now look over here in Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. We're, we're, we're exposing who the thief is. Come on now. It's not your neighbor, not your husband, not your wife, not your pastor, not your people that you come to church with. Amen. Because if we love you, we're not going to attack each other. If you love me, you'll not lie about me. If you love me, you won't talk about me behind my back. You'll come to me and talk to me. If I love you, I'll treat you like you ought to be treated. But look here in John 10.10. Oh, we're not over there yet. Acts 10.38. Hallelujah. Praise God. Who is this now? How Who? God anointed who? Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who did what? Who went about slapping everybody upside the head, causing sickness to come into their life, disrupting their families, and causing chaos. No, that's not what he said. Come on, help me this morning. This is what he said. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who did what? Who went about doing good and healing what? All. Who's all? Well, if Jesus is healing all, why don't he heal all today? He is. He's healing all that will believe him. Yes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He can't lie. That's not a lie. That's a promise. Yeah. Who went about doing what? Good. The God you serve will always bring good to your house. He'll always bring a good word. He'll not bring slander and lies and jealousy and all those things. Friction. He won't do that. Who went about doing good and healing all that were what? Oppressed of who? The devil. For God was with him. God wasn't with the devil, but he was with Jesus. Jesus look at it, who went about Jesus. Jesus is doing this every day, and he's doing as much in your life today now as it, you let him. Mm-hmm. Who went about doing good. Did you know Jesus is always doing good for you? Yeah. He is. He's always doing good for me. He's always doing good for Barb. Some way he'll surprise you. Some way he'll, he'll come and uh, somebody will call, somebody will send a card, Somebody just, just different things. He just does good things. You know, you know why? Because we have seed in the ground. We have sowed that seed. We have sowed that came, same kind of seed. We sow hugs. We sow smiles. We, 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 we sow dinners. We sow uh, whatever. Uh, but, you know, you've got to get some seed in the ground before God can bring the harvest. Amen. You know, some people, all they want is just to smile at them. Some people, all they want from you is just to hug them let them know you care. Amen. Amen. How much does it cost you to smile? How much does it cost you to offer a hand? Hey, how you doing? How much would it cost you to just hug somebody and say, hey, I'm with you. You need anything? Can I help you? Barbara and I used to get a kick out of going to McDonald's. Every time we'd go to McDonald's, I'd say, I'll take care of the, the people behind me. And uh, you talk about people getting surprised. Every time I've done that, somebody stuck their head out the window and went, thank you, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And and, and I had one guy say, he said, Pastor, aren't, aren't you concerned if you do that sometime and you ain't got enough money in your pocket? And I said, well, it's never happened yet. I mean, if I didn't have the cash, I'd pull out a card and pay for it. But he said, you know what, later on, a week later in the service, he'd come, he said, Pastor, you know what I did? He said, I was in McDonald's, and I was going to get something to eat, and there was a lady behind me that had one little kid in the car, and he looked back, please don't go by what you see. So he, he went up to the lady that was checking out, and he said, I'll pay for mine, and I'll pay for that lady behind me and she said okay she said well yours is such and such and hers is 3250 he said 3250 he said yeah and he looked in the rear view mirror about that time all these kids popped up behind the chair <laughs> uh, behind the seat <laughs> and he said pastor he said uh, he said i did what you did but i wasn't prepared to pay what i was getting ready to pay you got to be ready god will never put you in a in, in a in a situation where you cannot handle it Amen? So he, but he did it. He tried it. I don't know if he did it again after that or he, or he went back and said, how many's in your car before I, (laughs) before I did? And he's just a great brother. He, he really learned the concept of giving. He was a wonderful tither, but he, but he, he, he he didn't know a lot of things about giving and how important it is to give on, uh, on the inside. Amen? It's the devil. Everybody say it's the devil that steals afflicts, oppresses, and destroys. Is that the truth? Yeah. Give me a hearty amen if you believe that. Amen. Praise God. And it is God who comes to heal, prosper, and give life to you and I. Is that true? Give me another hearty amen. amen. Glory to God. In this, in this closing scene, Faith rises up in Job's heart and in his mouth, causing him to give the thoughts that was in his heart. He said this in Job thirteen fifteen. You don't have to go there, sir, unless you can get it real quick. But Job said this through all those things he was going through. Job thirteen fifteen. he said, though God slay me, yet will I trust in him. Though it looks like I'm going to die. And though it looks like all things are coming to an end. What did he say? He said, I'm going to trust in him. Job 42.2 says, I know thou canst do everything. Job was beginning to come to himself. Through it all. Remember that song? Through it all. I'd sing it, but y'all would leave. I know thou canst do everything. This is Job talking. Who had, and now he had nothing. Look here at Job 19.25. He said, I know through all of this. Amen. Folks, maybe none of you have been through some of these things that Job did, but Job made it because he what? He trusted in him, and he knew God could do everything. And Job 19.25 says, I know my Redeemer liveth. I know my redeemer liveth. Then we see the God of glory sweeping the devil aside, telling the devil, okay, you had what you could do. God allowed Satan to do everything but what? Take his life. And boy, did the devil try to do that. Some of the scenarios that Job went through, not alone losing all of his children, But one aspect of his life said he was so covered with boils on his body that he took a scraper and tried to scrape those things off of his body. But yet he refused to deny God. Job 42.10 again, And the Lord, say this with me, And the Lord turned the captivity of Job. When he prayed for his friends. I didn't put that up there because I wanted to add that to you. Put uh, Job 42.10 up there, Sarah. It's, oh, it's there. And look what happened. Job was confident through all those trials and pain and agony. He wasn't about to give up. Maybe some of you have been in near places like this. But you refused to give up. Why? We keep trusting Him. We keep believing in Him. We keep believing that our Redeemer lives. Glory to God. And the Lord turned around. The Lord made a way. He turned that captivity of Joel when he prayed for his friends. Maybe it's time for God to turn some things around for you. But are you praying for your friends? Are you praying for those who hurt you? Are you praying for those out there that said bad things about you? Are you praying for situations that you didn't cause that other people did? Are you praying on a positive note to allow God to bring you out of captivity? Glory to God. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he ever had. Job was a wealthy man before he started this. I think the Bible says that Job was around 70 years old when this started. And by the time Job died, do you know how old Job was? They estimated that after, after all of this, and God blessed him again with 140 years, Job lived to be around 200 years old. After all the trouble he got, God blessed him another 140 years. Why? Because he wouldn't give up. Now, I'm not saying God's going to give you 200 years, but I am telling you this. Don't give up on God. He is and will remain to be your Redeemer. Thank God. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he ever had. Did you know that God answers prayer? He does. Look here at John 5.19. Sarah, I need your help on these. John 5.19. We're just about done. For those of you that want to know, it is 12 o'clock. Praise God. Don't let those hunger pains bother you. I'm not done yet. Glory. Can you stand a few more minutes? Come on, encourage me. Can you stand a few more minutes? Somebody say, yeah, go ahead. Okay, thank you. Glory to God. John 5.19. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. He will what? He will forgive you. Let's look at another one here in Psalms 91.3. Psalms 91.3. <laughs> Hallelujah. Psalms 91.3. Look at this. Do you think God delivered Job from all those calamities? Of course he did. Yeah, come on, help me. Yeah, you know, throw an amen in there. Throw, yeah, go ahead, pastor, preach. You know, encourage me just a little bit. I don't need it because I'm going to preach anyway, but but it sure helps me. But look, surely, everyone say surely, come on. Surely he, uh, what? He shall deliver thee from what? The snare of the fowler, the devil. I'm telling you, he will deliver you and from the noisome pestilence. Everything that's coming from out here, God will what? He will deliver you. Let's look at another one here. 1 Corinthians 10 chapter, or 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. Oh, hallelujah. I tell you, I get excited when I start reading the word. Here we go. Listen. There have, I love this. See, cause it's true. Whatever it is you're in, whatever it is you're facing, whatever it is you're going through, there is no temptation. Somebody shout, there ain't no temptation. There is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man, but what God is faithful. Who will not, what, suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but but will with that temptation, what, also make a way of escape. Whatever it is I'm going through, whatever I'm facing, he's going to open the door, and he's going to say, hey, run through that door. (laughs) He's going to make a way of escape. Glory to God. See, the devil can't lock me up. And he can't lock you up. Why? Because God said what? He would make a way of escape for you. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 18. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 18. (laughs) That you'd be able to bear it. That's the last part of that one there. Look at this one here. And the Lord, who? The Lord shall what? The Lord shall deliver me from what? Every evil work, and will what? Preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. It's just like people used to put up preserves. You know, remember that? They'd put up preserves and things like that. They preserve things and they put them up. Well, guess what? I'm on the preserve list. God is preserving me. I'm in God's fruit cellar. (laughs) I'm in God's pantry, wherever you keep all that stuff. You know? Well, I love this. God shall deliver me. You can put your name there. From every evil work that the adversary tries to bring your way. And will what? Preserve me. He'll get, we'll put those additives in those preserves to cause them to last. You know, green beans or, I love pickled stuff. My brother-in-law used to, he'd can pickled corn and pickled beans. I love that kind of stuff. But he'd put this other stuff in there to preserve those beans and preserve that corn to make it last that whenever I open it up, maybe a year or two later it'd be alright. Hey, what are you saying, Pastor? Well, whenever the Lord comes and he opens me up, I'm going to be preserved because he added all that stuff in me. He added joy. He added peace. He added love. And I'm glad to know that I will be a sweet-smelling Savior <laughs> unto the Lord. I know that's talking about prayer, but y'all get this. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 verse 9 how many of know the Lord's pretty smart <laughs> if he knows all the hairs on your head most of us amen that was a joke y'all <laughs> <laughs> let's go on the Lord knoweth he knows doesn't he Now they say the Lord knoweth See, the Lord knows all about you. He knows what you did last night. He knows what you did this morning. He knows what you're going to do tonight. And he knows what you did last week. Are you coming to him in honesty if you did wrong? And saying, Lord, forgive me. It's okay. Come. What did he say? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly at heart. Why? And you shall find rest unto your soul. The Lord knoweth. How many of you think the Lord knows how to deliver people? Praise God. Hallelujah. God knows how to send people into your life. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly. That's you and I. Out of what? Temptation. Pastor, are you telling me that godly people are tempted? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I said, oh, yes. Even from the pulpit here, preachers are not uh, immune to sin. Come on now. I'm presented with it just like you are. Probably more so, I have more of a responsibility than you do. Come on now. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation. Everybody say amen. Amen. I've been tempted, but you know what? He knows how to deliver me out of those temptations. And to what? Reserve the unjust. They'll have their day. God bless their hearts and to reserve the unjust until the day of judgment to be punished. It's coming. If you're not in the church now, you better get in. If your family's not in the church, you better tell them about Jesus. If all those that you know are not in the church, you better tell them, well, they'll get mad at me. Tell them. Tell them anyway. I'd rather them get mad at you than you, not tell them. When God tells you to do something, you better jump on it quick. The Deliverer has come. Everybody say, the Deliverer has come. And his name is Jesus. God, listen to me, God will again turn your captivity into blessing. We'll close with these. Sarah, look at Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 3. Hallelujah. Everybody say it again with me. God will again turn our captivity around because we've been praying, because we've been faithful. Because we're standing. Look here at Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 3. That then the Lord thy God will what? Turn thy captivity, and have compassion upon thee, and will what? And will return and gather thee from all the nations, whither the Lord thy God hath scattered thee. Come on, God's going to bring them around. God's going to bring them home from every nation in this world. Somebody, somewhere has been in the need of Jesus, and God is going to bring us all together someday. Can you say amen? Psalms chapter 14, verse 7. Psalms 14, verse 7. Glory to God. Oh, that the salvation of Israel were come out of Zion. When the Lord bringeth back the captivity of his people, Jacob shall rejoice and Israel shall be glad. You see, Israel's been sad for a long time. But when the Lord comes back on the scene, guess what? Israel will be glad. Folk, did you know Israel is God's chosen people? Whether they accept Jesus or not, they are his chosen people. Thank God when you and I accepted Jesus, we were grafted in as spiritual Jews into the same body. Oh, I'm so glad that one day when that all comes together, amen, Israel will be glad. Glory to God. Uh, Psalms 85, verse 1. Psalms 85, verse 1. Lord... Thou hast been favorable under thy land and hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. Freedom will once again ring in the isles of Israel. Last one, Psalms 126. Psalms 126 beginning in verse 1. Hallelujah. I tell you, this will knock your socks off right here if you wear socks. Look at this. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Oh God, man, I remember when I was just a young preacher. I would just dream about God sending me places. I would, I would get alone. I used to work in a, a steel plant, and I worked down in a furnace. And I'd go down in the furnace, and I'd, I would work, and then I would just dream and meditate on what I wanted God to do with my life. And I would just dream about those things. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Folks, listen to me. Don't allow your dreams to slip away from you. Keep dreaming. Keep putting those things out there. Keep dreaming. Keep believing God. Verse 2, Glory to God. Then was our mouth filled with laughter. Come on. Come on. Come on. Then was her mouth filled with laughter, and her tongue was singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. Come on, where's your song? Where's your song? Remember, I remember in the Old Testament, I forget where, but it said that they, 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 they had lost their, their song, and they hung their harps in the tree, in the willows. Yeah. Folks, I want to tell you, I'm not hanging my harp up for nobody. Come on, go back to those willows, go back to that tree, get that song that the devil tried to get you to hang up, go back there, get your laugh back, and thank God that you are where you are today. Then was our mouth filled with laughter, and our tongue was singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. Next verse, verse 3, it just gets better. (laughs) The Lord hath done great things for us. Whereof we are glad. We could all shout on that. Come on. Come on. Can I have a hand up somewhere? Yeah. The Lord has done great things for me. He has. The Lord has done great things for me. Now look, I'm demonstrative. I've always been demonstrative all of my life. You don't have to be like me, but you can pray that I'll be like me. Do you get that? Okay. Glory to God. You be you and I'll be me. The Lord has done great things for Barb and I. Whereof, we're glad. I said we're glad. Does it mean you have to jump up and down? Yeah. Does it mean you have to act like you do? Yeah. Does it mean you have to go around with a smile all the time? Yeah, it does. Why? Because the Lord has done what? He has done great things for me. And what he does for me, he will do for you. Verse (laughs) 4. Glory to God. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Verse 5. (laughs) <laughs> they that sow in tears. Come on now. Come on, remember that. Many of you may have sown a lot of tears in anguish, in sorrow, because of many things, because of death, because of separation. And that's a, it's a natural thing to do when grief comes, to sow tears in situations like that. It says, they that sow tears, They that sow in tears shall what? Reap in joy. Oh, hallelujah. God sees your tears. God sees your heart. And he saw every tear that fell down on your cheek and under your hand and under the floor. I remember a few years back when I was a chaplain at the Big Sandy State Penitentiary in Martin County, Kentucky. And I would have service with the inmates there. I did that for about seven years. We started out, I was in just a little bitty room, and it, it only hold four or five. And uh, the room next door to us, they uh, were having some kind of service, and it was kind of a, like a cult movement. And I told those few prisoners there in that, that, uh, that room that day, I said, you know what, how many of you guys in here, there are most of them serving life sentences, I said, how many of you in here, Believe God, ought to have a bigger building than this little room we're in. Yeah, Pastor. Yeah, Pastor, how come? How come they got that room over there and then and we got stuck in this little room here? We're and we're grow, we were growing every week a week. I said, Well, let's stop right now and let's believe. That God, what you're doing in your, in our lives is bigger than the lies. Actually, it was a Muslim group, and they were they were promoting Islam and all these other things. And you know what? Within just a few weeks. They moved us into the big room. Ha, 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 devil. They moved us into the big room. It got to be so full, we were, we were running over 100 inmates in that room that we got to shouting and dancing one day, jumping up and down. The, an alarm went off, and all the guards come running to the hallway, and it was all glass, and they were all standing outside the glass looking in, and they're wondering, what's going on? What's wrong? And i it's okay, it's okay, we're just praising God. I mean, they were going wild. God was setting people free. God was letting uh, some of them out on early uh, supernatural release. They were getting out. Things were being forgiven. But this one guy came up to me when he was in prison, big old guy, probably 6566, came up to me and said, Pastor, I need you to pray. He said, I've done some things in my life. And he said, I'll never see the outside again my whole life. He said, could you pray that God will let me see the light and see the outside from the inside? And I said, I sure will. And I began to just laid hands on him, and we began to pray. Power of God, come down on that brother. And no one even touched him, and we prayed that, that God would deliver what was caught up in here in his spirit and that God would open him up even though he was locked up. And all of a sudden, I had my hands like this on him. And all of a sudden, I felt those big old tears. Fall down on my hands. God will deliver you from your tears. Enjoy. One more, verse 6. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Oh, come on now, folks. We're going to bring the goodness of God with us. Wherever we go, when people visit here at this church, we want them to know that we're alive. Did you know that the word in you will make you alive? Look at a person next to you and say, you're not dead. You're not dead, but you're alive. If you have to, pinch them and see if they're alive. Just, just pinch them there. you alive? All right. Praise God. God is going to bring us out together. Can you say man? Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Praise God. Lisa, can you come up to the uh, Lisa? I mean, come up to the piano, please. We'll get used to each other, Lisa. (laughs) Praise God. If you're here this morning, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and you would like to. What a great time we have right now. To open up, right here for you, a time, to receive Jesus. I believe everybody in here is already saved, already accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. I believe those who wanted healing already came. And God touched their body because of the prayer of faith. But we're thanking God today for you. That all you're believing Him for will come to pass. That your needs will be met. And that the joy of the Lord is your strength. God is looking at an army of men and women who will not turn and who will not burn. We've been anointed by the power of the Holy Ghost that lives on the inside of us. And as long as we look to him, our Savior, as long as this local church looks to the Jesus that died on Calvary, we're going to make a difference. I said, we're going to make a difference. You're going to make a difference in the lives of your family. You're going to make a difference because you're going to start to to, uh, be a witness, start to to talk up, talk out to people that you're around. Never be intimidated by what the devil thinks that he can do to you because he can't. I said he can't. He's been defeated. 2,000 years ago, Satan was defeated on the cross of Calvary, on the cross of Calvary. Let's bow our heads. Rudy, would you dismiss us today?